0: Welcome to Adventures with My Forties. I'm Courtney Novak, a 41-year-old woman trying to figure out how to thrive during this decade of life. You can find the show notes at CourtneyHenningNovak.com. And here's the show. Hello, adventurers! This is episode six, and today I want to talk about guilt. At the end of last week's episode, I said I was going to talk about aches and pains this week, and... You know, I still want to talk about that eventually, but that doesn't feel as urgent. um, Because I've been thinking about guilt a lot. And I finished last week's episode, and then it was like a day or two later, I was thinking about how I was given all this advice to neglect the housework. But, you know, and I do that. But I also feel guilty sometimes. And guilt is something that I think a lot of women feel. And I think it's something worth talking about. So here we go. Let's talk about guilt. Oh wait, first. Today is day 61 of my cycle. And so I guess this means I've officially skipped my first period ever since junior high school. Like those first couple of years of having my period, I'd get one and then not get it for like four or five months. And then it leveled out in high school. And well, I guess I've skipped periods when I was pregnant, but that doesn't count. That was, you know, pregnancy. But this is the first skipping of a period, because with 61 days, I mean, that's two 30-day cycles, and, you know, I could get my period today, and I've, it's been two cycles. So, I've gone beyond just being extremely late, and gone into officially skipping. And, excuse me while I adjust my chair, okay, that was very elegant. Um, I saw my osteopath last week, and I didn't know what an osteopath was, this time last year. Or no, maybe I had, I had just learned what an osteopath was. An osteopath is a medical doctor. They go to medical school, they pass the medical boards, but they kind of do magic. They do adjustments on your body, but not like, I've never gone to a chiropractor, but I understand it's not quite like a chiropractor. And so I was going to talk about aches and pains this week because I had a whole shoulder injury last year and I had to do all of these different things to take care of that pain, and that involved my osteopath, but I really want to talk about guilt. But I did see my osteopath last week. and she, she does these adjustments with the scalp and the shoulders, and you know, works her way all the way around the body. And um, she works with like fascia, which is sort of a tubing that goes outside of your muscles and can get kind of wrinkled and crinkled and cause its own sort of pain. And she works with like bodily, moving your bodily fluids around. So she's like, she said she could feel some stuff jammed up in like my pelvic area. And that um, I might like, just by kind of like working that out, I might get my period. But it's been a week now and nope. But she told me that, so progesterone is the hormone that signals its time for the uterus to shed its blood. I'm still learning this. I'm sorry if I'm making mistakes. But progesterone is key to getting your period. But cortisol is that hormone you get when you're stressed. And cortisol is created from progesterone. So, if you're under a lot of stress, you might be not have enough progesterone laying around for your period. And that's why stress can delay periods or make you skip them. So there is this pandemic thing going on still. And so maybe I just have a lot of cortisol and, you know, and I'm doing my best to stay calm and do all sorts of relaxing things, but there's only so much a woman can do with, you know, pandemics suck. Like that's just it. And distance learning comes back in a week and a half and I'm not, I mean, I have to try to stay in a positive mindset, but this isn't, you know, what, I didn't choose this. I don't choose homeschooling. So, you know, I so I don't know. I'm seeing my doctor, my naturopath next week. And so I'll talk more about alternative medicine because I have really gotten into having a naturopath the past couple of years and working with supplements and holistic health and making like dietary changes, not just treating symptoms, but getting to the underlying cause. But let's talk about guilt today, because that's been more on my mind. So this is sort of a follow-up on neglect the housework, because you can neglect the housework and get more time to be creative, but it sucks if you're taking your time to be creative and feeling guilty while you're doing it. Guilt's just not a pleasant feeling, and it's it's a feeling I don't even know how to describe guilt. It's I feel uncomfortable when I feel guilty. It's almost like I don't feel comfortable in my skin, but... I can't describe it as easily as I can describe something like fear or anxiety. Like with anxiety, there's sometimes a pressure in my chest or a like, like a churning in my stomach. But with guilt, it's almost more like my skin is crawling and it just doesn't feel good. Like I don't, and it makes me, it almost gives me like a compulsion to do something to alleviate the guilt. So, and I had this just a couple days ago. I mean, I get this vague sense of guilt all, like, all the time. Like, especially since I'm a mom, I get, like, what I think of as motherhood guilt. Like, two days ago, I the kids have camp this week. Oh, it's their last week where they both have camp. I don't know when, again, I'm going to have both of them. Like, you know, I've had two weeks since mid-March, and we're in the middle of week two, where they're both gone from the house at the same time. And I have no freaking clue when this is going to happen again. So yesterday, or two days ago, they were at camp and I did some writing, but I had more writing that I just wanted to do and they got home from camp and I gave them snacks and then they went off to play and they were just, they were on autopilot. They were playing, they were fed, they just, they didn't need me, they didn't, they weren't interested in me and I went to the kitchen table to write and I felt like I just started to feel this guilt like, oh, my kids are home from camp, I should be spending time with them, I should be like nurturing them and setting up an art project or you know like I don't know what and it was and I could see the absurdity of that guilt it's like I have been spending massive amounts of time with them between like distance learning and you know just being at home and like just tons and tons of quality time together some gardener Is like a block away, so I I hope you can't hear, like, the leaf blower. This is, you know, the liability of doing a podcast at home. You're sometimes going to have a leaf blower going. Real life, folks. Okay, but so, I I just, the the guilt was absurd, and yet it was there. So I started writing about the guilt and thinking about it, and I'm going to work my way, I'm going to talk my way through this with you guys. I... Have all this motherhood guilt, and a lot of it started. It's I I had postpartum depression with Pippa, my first, right away, like right out the gate. Like I can look back, and I know I had postpartum depression the first day of her life. I didn't know it then, but you know, once I was far enough away from the experience to can look back, I know that I just I was already like anxious. I was already feeling empty inside. I was already Um, And I was already feeling extremely guilty like she had jaundice those first days And we needed to supplement breastfeeding with formula because my milk hadn't come in and I just felt guilty like somehow Like I had decided that my milk wasn't coming in yet Um, like I should have been Like I don't know what but I had read so much about breastfeeding and I was so convinced that she had to never have a drop of Formula that I just felt guilty like I'm already failing her on day one of her life um I felt all of this guilt, you know, so my postpartum depression was definitely like depression, um, like a loss of interest in things that had interested me before, like not, life just didn't have a lot of, like, joy, it felt very empty, I felt like I was going through the motions, and I couldn't see that at the time. I was very anxious, a lot of worrisome thoughts, a lot of, like, fear just pounding from my body, and I had OCD, like, where I developed a bunch of rituals, like, I would unlock and relock the front door, like, 40 times before I went to bed. I would check the burners. I would check Pippa's breathing. Just all these little rituals that I thought would calm my anxiety, but just made it worse. Just convinced me that there was was stuff to be scared of. But the guilt was very pervasive throughout all those months of postpartum depression. Like, the fact that I had had to supplement breastfeeding with formula. Um, I would feel guilty if I set her down to, like... Play, You know, I mean babies don't do much in terms of playing, you know, but, you know, set her down, like she had like a little gym and set her down to like look at the animals and she'd be perfectly happy. And I'd feel guilty if I left the room to make a sandwich for my lunch. I mean, like I had to eat, but I felt guilty about taking, you know, not even five minutes to make a sandwich. So I would, you know, I bought like trail mix and I would just eat things that I didn't even have to prepare because I just, I felt so guilty. I would take these really hasty showers and I would wait to do it until she was asleep and I swear like four out of five times she would wake up and she would start to scream and I would feel so guilty like my whole body would go into a panic and I feel so terrible like why couldn't I have timed my shower better that you know so that she's not left to cry I would I would even take these I would take walks in the morning and she would eventually fall asleep towards the end of the walk and I'd hurry home so I'd have time to take my shower while she was sleeping. And I would bring her in her car seat, like we have one of those strollers that you click the car seat into. And I'd bring the car seat into the freaking bathroom while I was taking a shower, looking back, because I felt like guilty if we weren't in the same room. And looking back, it's like, well, maybe she woke up because the shower was noisy. <laughs> but I, you know, I was just so frazzled and, you know, lost in guilt and anxiety. So, eventually long story short I was treated for postpartum depression and I really got into reading about it and I learned that postpartum depression is a spectrum illness which means there's a whole bunch of different symptoms and not and some you don't have to have all of them there's no exact combination so some women get really angry I didn't I didn't get angry I was kind of too broken to feel angry some people women, um, you know, get the guilt. The, so there's this whole range of symptoms, and you can get any combination. And guilt is usually identified as a symptom of postpartum depression. So as I was in recovery and healing and thinking through my experiences, I looked at my guilt and just said, "Oh, that was a symptom." And you know, a symptom. And I think that did me a disservice. The fact that guilt. Is a symptom of postpartum depression because a symptom is something that goes away when the illness is over and it's something that happens because of the illness. You know a symptom of the flu is puking your guts up. Before you have the flu you're not puking your guts up. After you have the flu you're not puking your guts up either. It's just during the flu because it's a symptom of having the flu. It's, and if you say that guilt is a symptom of postpartum depression, what you're saying is it exists when you have postpartum depression. And when you've recovered from postpartum depression, it's gone. And when you don't have postpartum depression, you don't have it either. And now I've, I've, you know, I've been thinking about this for like seven years. I have been right, you know, it's, it's, it's literally just seven years ago now. I, was, I had just been discharged. From the hospital. I'd spent four nights in the psychiatric unit. I was um, staying with my parents, me and uh, Pippa and Nathan. We moved in with my parents for a couple weeks so I could rest more. So I was like literally just like a week into Zoloft and I was just so baby steps into my recovery, but I had already started thinking about it and writing about it. So it's been seven years of thinking and writing and going to therapy and publishing a damn memoir and doing a whole podcast with like 80 episodes about postpartum depression. And it's only now that I'm seeing that the guilt was way more pervasive than just being a freaking symptom of postpartum depression. So it's, it's continued. I don't have postpartum depression anymore. I've recovered from postpartum depression, but I still suffer from motherhood guilt. I know I'm not alone. There's this this book that I read. It's Untamed by Glennon Doyle. It's kind of popular, so you probably have heard about it. And she talks about motherhood and guilt and being a martyr. And she has this great quote. Mothers have martyred themselves in their children's name since the beginning of time. We have lived as if she who disappears the most loves the most. We have been conditioned to prove our love by slowly ceasing to exist. And, I mean, I read that, and I just, I felt like I was understood. I felt like, yes, I have this belief. I went into motherhood with this belief that a good mom just sacrifices everything for her kids. And if you sacrifice everything for your kids, that basically means you stop existing as your own separate person who is worthy of having... Hobbies, or exercising, or you know, taking a little time to meditate, or just do whatever it is that juices you up. And I can look back now and see that, like, I really thought that a mom should be constantly available to her kids. I, I one of my good friends from college, she the first one to have a baby. She had a baby and she was going to stay home. And then she decided to go back to work. She was um, a high school English teacher. And she told me, she's like, me and my daughter just, we get on each other's nerves if we're together all day. We need time apart. And I was, you know, in my 20s. And I remember thinking, that's horrible. What a horrible thing to say about your own child. Like that you need time away from your child. And then once I had Pippa and once I really got into like, using a babysitter or leaving her with Nathan and going off to take time to write, then I got it. And I think I wrote her an email. I was like, oh my gosh, I did not understand. But now I do. So I do think that as mothers, we are conditioned to um, to really give ourselves up and to feel guilty. So let's talk about guilt as a feeling. So guilt's a feeling. And I believe feelings are messengers that tell us things. So about that that they're also they're not just a feeling but they're a call to action. So, let's say you feel happy and you're outside, and you, re- you it gives you an opportunity to look around and go, "Wow, I'm outside. I'm in nature. There's trees, and I'm really enjoying this. I should do this more often." So that's like happiness, sort of giving you a message about how to live your life so that you have more happiness. And likewise, guilt is a feeling with a message. So. Once I was reading a book by Tony Robbins, you know, that that big giant of a man who's like a guru. Um, I was reading Awaken the Giant Within. And I got mad at Tony Robbins. I'm still kind of mad at Tony Robbins because he was writing about feelings. He's like, your feelings are telling you things and here's what your feelings are telling you. And he worked through a bunch of like feelings and he got to guilt. And he said, you feel guilty when you did something wrong. And I just sat there and I was like, bullshit 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 bullshit. what a white male thing to say basically because moms throughout the world are feel will feel guilty. I knew that I feel guilty as a mom and I'm not in the wrong. It's just this this guilt that comes up because I believe I'm wrong. So I don't I reject that definition from awaken the giant within. Uh, that guilt arises when you've done something wrong. Yeah, it often arises when you've done something wrong But you know, I've, I've often found that the people who are truly in the wrong and who truly need to feel guilty Don't usually feel guilty. It's the people who are in the right and Don't need to feel guilty who are saddled with feelings of guilt um, I mean, just think I don't think most serial killers are going around feeling a lot of guilt feeling a lot of need to atone for their crimes, that's why they're serial killers. If you listen to those true crime podcasts, you'll understand. So I think guilt arises from a belief that you've done something wrong, and then it's an opportunity to figure out, well, what belief is this arising from? So my motherhood guilt, I I think, arises from a core belief that I internalized at some point in my life that a mother... It's basically what Glennon Doyle says. A mother has to martyr herself in her children's name. She has to disappear the most to show that she loves the most. And so I had this belief that a mother sacrifices everything for her kids, even her sense of self. And by seeing that belief and speaking it out loud and writing it on in my journal and in blog posts, I can see the absurdity of that belief. And that is helping it sort of dissipate. Um I I but I haven't gotten rid of my guilt. I have seen the absurdity of my motherhood guilt and yet it's still there. So I, you know, I was feeling all the guilt a couple days ago and I so I took I was like let's take a deeper look at what's going on. And I don't think I just suffer from motherhood guilt. I think I just suffer from guilt. Like I felt guilty about random shit even before I became a mom. Um an easy example is that I used to feel guilty if Nathan was in a bad mood. We had about five years together in a relationship before we had kids. And Nathan is, Nathan's awesome. I mean, I really hit the jackpot. He wasn't doing things to make me feel guilty. But, you know, he would come home maybe grumpy about work. Or maybe he'd been stuck in bad traffic. Or maybe just, you know, in a bad mood because people are allowed to sometimes be in a bad mood. But I would immediately take it personally and think, oh my god, I did something wrong. I annoyed him. I would assume it was me. And I, I know a lot where this comes from. I had a guy I dated in college, senior year. We dated really not that long, but we were friends for a lot longer. But he dumped me, and as, want, as is wont to happen in college. And when we were breaking up, he told me that he was in therapy for anxiety and his therapist had told him to break up with me because I was making his anxiety worse. <laughs> I've told that story now to multiple therapists and they they just are like, there's no way a therapist would have told someone to break up with you. And if they did, that was like total crap therapy. And I can look back now, you know, I'm 41, I can look back at what happened when I was 21, 20 years ago, and I can laugh now. Um, but I, at the time, I really, you know, I really was into this guy, and I really took what he said to heart, and, I, you know, I, could, I didn't look at that and go, bullshit, like, your anxiety is your anxiety, and if you can't handle being in a relationship, like, that's your own problem, there's nothing I'm doing that's making your anxiety worse, I mean, I wasn't, like, abusive or, you know, anything. I am I was awesome. So, I, and I can see that now. But I couldn't see that when I was 21. I'm not going to beat myself up for being 21 um, and not realizing that. And I internalized it. And I sort of took it as I was responsible for him being anxious. And then I translated that to any guy I dated, if he experienced negative feelings, he was, you know, it was my fault. And... That's a bit narcissistic when you think about it. Because, like, I'm not the center of the universe. People don't experience feelings just because of something I do or don't do. But I think a lot of... But it's not it's not so much narcissistic as... Um, how do I say this? It's... I think it's persuasive in our culture. It was an experience I had that I can really point to. But I think it was something... I think women often believe that they are responsible for the feelings of men in their lives. And then, you know, so moms feel responsible for their kids' well-being. And it could go so... And it's one thing to be like, yes, I have to change my kids' diapers. And I'm going to spend time with them. And I'm going to read to them. And I'm going to play with them. And I'm going to love them up. It's another thing to have, like, your home during... Let's say you're home during a pandemic. Just throwing out this crazy hypothetical. And your kids come to you and they're bored. You shouldn't feel responsible for that. They, They have their own imaginations. They have... My kids have toys. They are safe. They are fed. They have plenty of quality time with me and Nathan. They're allowed to have time without us entertaining them. But I think so, like, the need to be... To nurture them has, for me, and I think for a lot of women, has gone too far. It's extended to I'm responsible for, like, them... Always having good feelings. But the thing is, if they never have bad feelings, how are they going to ever learn to navigate bad feelings? So, I really have to just keep diving into this guilt and seeing when I can see what's at the root of it and see, like, I can see the absurdity of it. And so, all right, so I can see my guilt starting, like, when I was 21, when the guy dumped me and told me I'd caused his anxiety. But I can go back farther. I can go back to second grade. I, I, I've had Lasik, so now my eyes are perfect and awesome, but my eyesight started to fail when I was in second grade, and I, I couldn't see the chalkboard anymore, and it, you know, I noticed at one point I could read it clearly, and then eventually I just couldn't, and I'd have to ask my friends what they saw off the board, and I knew that they could all see what was on the board, but I couldn't, and I thought I'd sinned, and that Jesus was punishing me. Yes, I did go to Catholic school. And I felt like I didn't, I hid the fact that I needed glasses for two years. I didn't tell my mom until fourth grade. After my sister was born, she was a baby. She was born when I was in early fourth grade. So it was, I mean, I don't think it was until like spring. Yes, it was spring because we were at my brother's baseball game. And I was sitting on a picnic blanket with my mom. And I finally worked up the courage to tell her I can't see the chalkboard. She's like, oh, okay, you need glasses. No big deal. Like, she wasn't about to punish me. But I had gone to Catholic school and I was convinced I must have sinned and this is my punishment. And it's, I think, fitting that it was second grade because that was when we were studying to learn to receive First Communion and to um, First Reconciliation, which is when you um, sacrament where you go and you confess your sins and then the priest gives you penance like, say, ten Hail Marys, and then you do your penance, and then you've been forgiven by God for your sins. And I actually wasn't going to get First Communion or First Reconciliation. I hadn't even been baptized because my mom's Jewish. But, oh my Lord, I felt like, I really felt like an outsider. And my the principal was a nun, And Sister Stella came to music class one day in second grade and called about five of us to the front of the classroom, including me. And we had to go to, like, where she was standing. And everyone else is seated and looking at us. And she went, everyone seated is getting First Communion. These children are not. And oh my Lord. have that happen when you're eight years old I just felt awful and I went home and I sulked and sulked and I ended up getting a shotgun baptism like a month before first communion and my parents like bent over backwards and did everything they could to make sure that I was getting first communion because I didn't like being the kid who was at catholic school who wasn't getting first communion and so I think like this really that experience really left an oppression on me. And you know, and there's people who, there, there could have been some kid who was also called up to the front classroom who was standing next to me who didn't have that experience, who thought this principal's an idiot. Or, you know, everyone, we can all have these similar experiences, but we all have such a variety of different experiences that we're all going to experience something differently. And what might end up being an empowering experience for one person can be a, like, harmful experience for someone else. So I just know looking back that I have felt guilty like pretty much all my life. I often just feel like guilty that I'm not living up to some invisible standards. So I have done, I did more journaling about that and thought more about it and what I came up with is that I think I have these beliefs in my own self-worth. I think I feel guilty because I do not feel like I am worthy of feeling good about myself. Uh, I think I have low self-esteem. I think my propensity towards feeling guilty stems from a belief that I am inferior and unworthy of love and that I have to prove my worth again and again by sacrificing myself to others because everyone else is more worthy than me. And you know, I'm just saying these words out loud and I, I just feel my whole body, like, kind of activated, like, uncomfortable and tingling and, like, a pressure. And But it feels really good to also just get it out and to say that. Because as I say it, I also feel like, well, that's absurd. Like, I am worthy of feeling good about myself. And I am worthy of love. I'm not inferior. And I don't have to prove my worth. But I've had this belief that I've been carrying around in my subconscious, so it feels good to find it and say bullshit. Like, that's not cool. Like, I, I I reject these beliefs. These were beliefs that I internalized, that I picked up. And we can pick up beliefs from so many places. Like, it's so easy to blame our parents, but I mean, it's just TV shows. The books we read. The, our teachers. The, the, the stupid nun principal who calls you up and basically shames you for the fact that you haven't been baptized and are not getting First Communion. It's just there's so many life experiences that can add up and create all these beliefs. But the amazing thing about being 41 now is I have enough experience to actually figure find these beliefs out. I have spent most of my life suppressing uncomfortable feelings. And now I'm starting to see that these uncomfortable feelings that I'll experience from time to time are blessings in disguise as uncomfortable feelings because they are pointing me to the work I have to do on myself. Like, I'm sitting two days ago at the kitchen table writing and the kids are busy playing and I feel guilty. And I can get pissed at that feeling like, oh, it's so uncomfortable to feel guilty. Er, let me just push that feeling away. Let me go eat a cookie and ignore the guilt. But instead I said, okay, let's write about this. Let's think about this. And I found some beliefs. And now that i found beliefs that You know, it's something that I took on as a kid. But now I can say, okay, this is outdated. This doesn't work for me. This is something I want to update or, you know, just discard totally. Like, let's just get rid of this belief. Um, I hope you don't. There's a noisy FedEx truck parked outside right now. They're idling, sending their fumes out. Uh, I, I don't know what my neighbor gets. Like, we never get shit delivered by FedEx. Actually, maybe this guy's delivering something to me right now. Let me amend that. We almost never get shit delivered by FedEx. But my neighbor, it's all UPS for us and the postal service. But my neighbors get stuff from FedEx like every two days. I don't know. I'm like, where are you ordering from that FedEx is the delivery service? I don't get it. I mean, it must not be some, it must be like some alternative to Amazon. I, I don't get it. Anyway, guilt. So I've, I'm looking at my guilt. And I'm, instead of getting angry at it, I'm seeing it as an opportunity to find some belief that needs to be revised. That is, or that just needs to, for me to say, well, that's bullshit. Um, how do I revise beliefs? Well, I journal. And I will just, sometimes I just write in really big letters again and again, like, like something that's like an affirmation or, you know, a new belief. Like, I mean... The past over a week now so I've done all this work with guilt what I write in my journal in big letters is I love myself I trust myself I deserve to be happy and healthy and I just sometimes I write it five times in a row sometimes I write it and then I do more journaling and then I write it again I do more journaling and it's just by I've experienced over like ever since I had postpartum depression that by writing things I can out again and again I can change my thought process and rewire my brain. So wow, right now I'm rewiring these this belief that I am not worthy. I, I guess maybe I should change. I need some new affirmations about like I am worthy. I, you know, just by existing, I'm worthy of love. I don't have anything to prove. But if you've got, if you're out there with like any internalized feelings of guilt and you're a woman, I. I mean, maybe some men are going to listen to the show, but I'm really, I'm a lot more interested in the female listeners right now. No offense, men. You've got enough men out there who've written books and composed symphonies and done podcasts. It's, you know, I'm allowed to be like a voice for women. Um, But for most of human history, women have been subservient to men. I mean, in biblical times, I remember learning this in all-girls Catholic high school, in religion class. We were talking about, like, well, the women were wives or servants or whores, and they didn't really have any other job options. And, And that's, you know, if you think about the professions of women for over, like, the past several millennia, it's just, it's ridiculous. We've been valued for making babies and taking care of the men in our lives. You were supposed, there was this whole idea of like barefoot and pregnant, you know, it's just, uh, so of course I have this internalized belief that I'm inferior and unworthy. It's, um, th- that's just, that's freaking human history. And we have to like rewrite these beliefs because we are, what's the opposite of inferior? We're glorious. We are glorious and worthy. It's this is the it's twenty twenty and it's the hundred year anniversary of women getting the vote and people are celebrating and I'm like I mean yeah that's pretty awesome. But also like what bullshit that we've only had the vote for a hundred years. I mean just bullshit. Um so yeah that's where I am. I see my guilt and I see its absurdity and I'm seeing that it arises from toxic beliefs about my sense of war from the world and that I deserve to have like a healthy strong self-esteem I deserve to love myself to feel grateful for myself I, I started thinking a lot about this because I write I often write at night like a few things I'm grateful for and I love my gratitude practice but I was writing it and I went I never write myself I write I'm grateful for Nathan and Pippa and Julian and I'll write other people and I'm like what about me and that's something I've been doing lately I am grateful for myself I'm grateful for me Courtney I'm grateful to be me and I'm grateful to have me and I'm just like grateful that I exist in the world. And it, like it's just it's it's empowering um, but I've got work to do and I'll keep sharing that adventure as I I'm looking around now at my guilt and I'm taking a critical look and I'm going to call bullshit when I see bullshit. And since I'm spent so much of my time being a mother and now we have this whole pandemic angle happening I you know I get to look more and more at the way I mother and call bullshit when I have motherhood motherhood guilt and be like well this is bullshit so yeah bullshit guilt I'm I'm raising my glass I have um some caffeine free diet coke here I gave up caffeine and that's really helping my anxiety but I'm sort of toasting the idea of motherhood guilt being bullshit let me tell you if you're a mom out there you're feeling guilty or you're just a woman who's feeling guilty about not being enough not doing enough you are probably not the sort of person who needs to feel guilty I am sure there are some moms who do shit that requires feelings of guilt like if you beat your children please yes feel guilty about that so you don't do it again but the people feeling guilt it's so rarely the people who actually need to feel guilt so look at guilt And just call bullshit when you need to call bullshit. And I think that's enough for this this week. Thank you for joining me, and I'll see you next week. When I'm going to record when my children are home from camp, and I'm going to either try to not feel guilty about recording an episode when they're home, or if I feel guilty, I'm going to explore that feeling and call bullshit. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Adventures with My Forties. You can reach me through my website, CourtneyHenningNovak.com, or on Instagram at Courtney.Novak. If you're enjoying the show, subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. Have a great and wonderful week.